Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. Now, let's join our hosts. Hello and welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am one of your hosts, I am Sam, and I'm joined this week... And every week it feels by Matt. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, you, you sound a bit disappointed about that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I was I was made some certain promises when doing this podcast. Um, Busty was mentioned, and you don't fit the bill, my friend. But never mind, never mind. We're here. It's all good. Um, okay, so first off, let me apologise. Uh, we missed a week. Now, this was not a clever marketing ploy to make our fans come to us. Uh, both of you who did that, thank you. Um, no, this was actually more down to uh, an error on my end. I had some technology issues, let's put it that way, on behalf of not having the technology anymore. But anyway, <laughs> we, we won't dwell. I'll just say it was a few technical issues. My fault. We'll move on. Uh, this is episode six. Um, we've been covering the World Cup. What a wonderful thing that was. Um, so, uh, I, I want to actually kick off, if you don't mind, Matt, I want to kick off with Matt's stats. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? Brilliant. Okay, let's kick it off. Everybody, sit back and listen for the man with the stats. And now, it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Right, okay, what I thought I'd do is, uh, seeing as the World Cup's kind of been and gone now, yep. and the season's coming up quite quickly, much quicker than I thought, I'm going to try to make them World Cup stats, but with a bit of a Spurs, um, a Spurs kind of to them, if you like. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> well, it is Spurs news, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was kind of World Cup news for a few weeks, yeah, but yeah, we're, we, we're bringing it back more Tottenham now. We all got caught up, didn't we? And it was a, it was a great World Cup, yeah. But uh, so uh, during the World Cup, there was 169 goals scored, uh, 12 of them being own goals, and also 12 of them being Spurs goals, which right. actually was the highest, which is fantastic. What, so of, of any club in the world, Tottenham mm-hmm. players scored the most goals we, in the World Cup? We've had to share it with another club, unfortunately, Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, but <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain? Yeah, they got 12 as well. Uh, what are worst clubs? <laughs> exactly. But we beat Real Madrid, uh, who got 10, and Barcelona, uh, who got uh, 11. And the, 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 the next one, um, the, the next Premier League one was Man United, which was eight. So, we, you know, we really... Uh, you know, we smashed the art of Premier League clubs, which I think is fantastic. Well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, so that's a good one for Spurs. Uh, Harry Kane, as we all know, and if you don't know, then I don't know how you don't know, but he won the Golden Boot with six goals. Right. Yeah, he got those six goals with actually six shots on target. He had, he had 13 in total, but every time he hit the target, he scored a goal. So that's pretty... Uh, Pretty impressive. That's, um, that, that's how afraid goalkeepers are. Exactly. You know, Harry yeah. hits it, they, they just move. They just, yeah, go on, off you go, mate. It'd be like, it'd be like that Everton game the other day when oh, the goalkeeper yeah, was you see that? That's, it's incredible, isn't it? Okay. Just, just for anyone, just interrupt quickly, mate. Just for anyone who's not seen this yet, look this up. It's hilarious. Everton have gone on a pre season tour. They've arranged some game against a team in Austria, uh, and it would appear that this team ended up being the equivalent of a pub team. 
and Everton have smashed them 22, I don't know, 23. Neil, I think it was, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what the final score was, but the goalkeeper of the other team got so fed up with his defenders not doing anything, he gave up. So every time Everton <laughs> went through one goal, he just walked off. Go on in, put it in a goal. Yeah, go on, in, go on, in, can't be bothered to dive anymore. It's hilarious, and people have got photos and videos. It's brilliant. Oh, uh, but anyway, sorry, mate. I, yeah, I just didn't, in case anyone hadn't seen that, that is hilarious. It's it's funny. Funny. It's funny. You might as well sit in the sands. I mean, you're just pointless in being there, really. Yeah. <laughs> I was one sat there eating a pie like that bloke in the FA Cup last year. Exactly, but, exactly. Okay, mate. Yeah, anyway, carry yeah, on. So, so this, um, uh, this um, six goals he scored, obviously, was the same as what Gary Lineker scored in 1990. But yeah. own, that total has only been surpassed once in the last 10 World Cups. Uh, and would you get to remember who the last one scored more than six was? I'm trying to think. Can you tell me which World Cup it it's was? It's in 2002. In 2002? Yeah, he played for the team that won it. Oh, that'd be Muller. No, Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Oh, why did they win it in 2002? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they knocked us out in the quarterfinal. That's right. I'd, I'd repress that. You yeah. repressed it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he was, yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, player. yeah. It's really yeah. funny as well, isn't it? You haven't said the original Ronaldo because there's been two just yeah. world class Ronaldos over the years, isn't there? Which is hilarious because when Cristiano Ronaldo first came on the scene, I remember everyone just like, oh, well, what was he named after the other one? He was this kid doing all these tricks. He'll never, he'll never make it. No, yeah, it's it's now got to the point where you've got to clarify the Brazilian. The, the, Ronaldo, the, because, yeah, the original one. The one that ate a lot after retirement. Yeah, the one with the stupid haircut. That's it. Yeah, he had that arrow haircut. Do you remember? Like, I think wasn't it like because you know like, most people like for example Alan Shearer when you start going bald you lose that bit yeah, of fun his yeah. was just the reverse of it he just yeah, had that was, bit and nothing yeah. else <laughs> yeah he was like bold headed but this one like hair like arrow I think it helped him head in it or <laughs> help which direction to run know, yeah, maybe, maybe it just helped people look crossing the ball in like you know, cross it in aim for the arrow and then then he'll score like. <laughs> do you know what mate I think you could be spot that's, that's what it was yeah, <laughs> he, he was something he was they did a few months charges with him over the World Cup and you kind of forget just how good he was he was yeah. a hell of a goal scorer but you forget everything else when he used to just run at defences he was phenomenal yeah no he was awesome he uh, the was. first time I ever watched him play he was playing for PSV under Bobby Robson oh that's right yeah I remember yeah, that yeah. there you go I'm showing how old I am now. wow um, and I watched him play he was like 18 or 19 and that Mbappe is like a clone of him yeah you're right you see yeah. him just run and he hits mm. it and when he hits it it stays hit yeah you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're they've got that physical presence to them as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, frighteningly good player. Yeah, no, he's uh, good. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, mate. I, right. I was, yeah, I was reminiscing. <laughs> then I was gone. <laughs> you see, that's the thing because we're not going to podcast for two weeks. You know, we sort of go off on tangents every couple of minutes. But <laughs> I, I, I will. Yeah, anyone listening, you know, just kick back. This is going to be a long ramble <laughs> ride. <laughs> right, the next first player, Kieran, or English Spurs player, Kieran Trippier. So he created twenty-four chances for England, which is actually a record uh, for England uh, it broke the record that's been held since 1966 when Bobby Charlton created 18 chances wow. so that just shows you how much how phenomenal Trippier was at that World Cup awesome he well, was really rich. good I mean I think I think we've had this discussion haven't we? didn't they say that they were going to hold his um, his uh, contract talked up until after the World Cup yeah oh he's an agent must be rubbing his hands in oh. glee I feel so bad for Daniel. It's rarely <laughs> rare I feel bad for Daniel Levy, but before that World Cup, he's like, okay, I've tied down Sanchez because he's going to impress and he's only 21. Yeah. I've tied down Harry Kane. Now, whether it's announced or not yet, I'm 
told that Ericsson and Delhi were both tied down. He probably walked away from that thinking, oh, job done. I've yeah. done my best. You know, those are the kids that are going to shine. And he sat back watching Trippier and absolutely pulled teams apart. And he's, he's probably got his phone there and he's like Trippier's agent just ringing. <laughs> yeah, it's just ignore him for now. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stick it on ignore. I'll, I'll, I'll just change my voicemail to, oh, the stadium's expensive. Yeah. Like, no one better ask for a pay rise. Oh, yeah. oh, leave him off the beat. <laughs> yeah, leave the rest of that. Well, Trippier and Davis, uh, both fullbacks um, who were kind of our number two fullbacks really until the last season. Both of them were in line for for discussions over new contracts. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah his is going up definitely. Trippier's going to walk back into preseason training like an absolute pimp, you know, dragging one leg. <laughs> hey, what up? Cool, yeah, cool. Anyway, sorry. When Deli Ali scored his goal against Sweden, He'd yep. become the second youngest player uh, to score for England at the World Cup finals. And he was Ooh, Michael Owen. Yeah, Michael Owen. Uh, have a stab at Michael Owen's age. Um, he would have been eighteen. And how many days? <laughs> oh bloody hell! Um, Two hundred and sixty-four. Oh, close. One hundred ninety. So Michael. <laughs> Owen... <laughs> oh, so close. Yeah. yeah. So Michael Owen was eighteen years, one hundred ninety days, and that was when he scored against Romania in the uh, ninety-eight World Cup. Deli Ali, which. He's twenty. He was twenty-two and eighty-seven days, and what surprised me about that was this almost almost four years, isn't it? A gap. Yeah. So does it just show you that you know, a how good Michael Owen was at such a young age, but b like you know, do we do we like you know why why haven't we had more younger players sort of players? Not maybe some of us playing for the scoring goals for England. Like, I you think know? it's a combination. Um, one Wayne Rooney. When he was that electric 17-year-old, we had a European Championships, not a World Cup. That's right, yeah. If that had been a World Cup year, I mean, that kid would have scored. Yeah, he would have done, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I think because of the way England were being managed, Wayne, although he's England's top goal scorer, so let's not take anything away from him. Yeah. I think he could have and possibly should have done a lot more mm. for England. Um, mm. Do you remember that Euros where he tore everybody apart, including yeah. Croatia? He just had no then, fear, did he? And then he got injured against That's Portugal. right. Yeah, that's and, right. And we just weren't the same team. Yeah, he was fearless. And mm. it was something about getting older and possibly just the coaching of England. There's something about it which just seems to have made players petrified over the years. Yeah. And something I think Southgate did so well in this is letting them relax. You know, yeah, just go out and play. Yeah, exactly. I, I do wonder though, because uh, don't don't get me wrong, you know, Adeli Ali has improved massively over the years. I'm not. This is not what I'm saying, but I think that if the World Cup had come possibly two years earlier with a team yeah. like with where we are now but say Delhi Ali was 20 as opposed to 22 yeah. I think he would have had a better World Cup I, I think fear is kind of fear is the right word but he's kind of whereas when he first came to Spurs he just played like he was playing with his mates down the park yeah. and now he's I wonder whether the, maybe pressure is a better word the pressure of you know where, where he needs to be for example is kind of maybe hindering hindering us a little bit do you think or pressure 
pressure definitely comes on. Um, but also, you got to remember that you know when he arrived at Tottenham, there was zero expectation, zero pressure. He just, like you said, went out and played. Mm-hmm. But the thing that sort of what happened to him in his second season were teams worked out, okay, we know what this kid's going to do. And at the start of that season, he didn't do very well, and a lot of people were straight on him. But he adapted his game and really, really kicked on. Mm -hmm. Now, it was his third season with us, last one, um, and everyone sort of looked at it and gone, yeah, he really didn't have a good year, you know, his form was poor and stuff like that. Um, The manager hinted at it, Deli himself hinted at it in a few interviews. There was a lot of stuff off the field going on in his life, which were sort of possibly distracting him. And by his own admission, he doesn't feel he did very well last year. And yet he still finished in double figures for assists and goals. Yeah. And like you say, he's just turned 22, really, you know, 22 years old. Um, he was gone to the World Cup, didn't play very well at the World Cup, picked up a, like a calf strain or something like that. And That's sort, right. of, sort of nursing that and just getting into the games. But the thing with it is players, you're not going to see the absolute best out of them in their main position if they're not playing there. Mm. And for me, at the World Cup, we didn't see the absolute best of Harry Kane because I think he sacrificed a lot of his game for the system. Mm. He mm. still won the Golden Boot, yeah. which is nuts when yeah. you think about it. But he, he was dropping deep. I mean, I think you've got a stat in a minute to illustrate it because we talked about it yesterday. Um, but with Delhi. Delhi needs to be in one of those positions where he just ghosts into the box. And his goal was a typical Delhi goal every Spurs fan seen throughout the last few years. He just arrives and bang, he's yeah. in the back of the net. Yeah, sure. Um, I think possibly with the World Cup, uh, hopefully the injury is not something that's actually going to cause him a lot of problems during the season, but he, uh, I think he seems to have his kind of confidence relaxed, uh, you know, let him go out and enjoy playing the game. But he is a bit like Sterling, but not to the same extent. He does something and people jump on him. You know, he scored a goal in the FA Cup semi-final and celebrated it. And everyone had a go at him because we lost the game. Ah, look how cocky he was celebrating. He scored a goal in the FA Cup semi-final. What do you want him to do? Just turn around and jog back? Yeah, of course. He was happy. So he's one of those people that people seem to want to get at him. And I'm not sure Mm. why. And I think perhaps this season it got to him a bit. But but hopefully he's... He's maturing with it, and this coming season, we won't, you know, we'll see more of him as he was. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think part of the reason why Deli Ali has become such a huge player in such a short period of time is because he does have that. And, you know, as much as it antagonizes people, he does have a sense of arrogance, doesn't he? You know, and you need it. I mean, some of the greatest players ever to play football are arrogant people and yeah. you just you kind of in a way you have to have that don't you you know you've got you have to have it on the pitch definitely yeah. um, um, you, you've got to have that belief that I'm better than you yeah. um, and you see that and you see uh, like Harry Kane's got that now as well yeah. like when he steps up to a penalty now <laughs> I remember watching like years ago and stuff and he started I used to miss a few Mm-hmm. And now he's got this kind of, I'm in the World Cup, there's millions of people watching me, he puts the ball down, they've tried to put him off for like two to three minutes, mm-hmm. getting in his face, all sort of bang, top yeah. He don't even look like he's phasing him anymore. No. He's got this kind of arrogance of it's a penalty I'm going to yeah. score. Yeah. 
and and Delhi's got that kind of swagger on the pitch. A few of them have like Lingard and stuff like that for England. A few of them have got that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, I tell you, the guy on the pitch who doesn't have that but really needs it is Sterling. Yeah, yeah, he, you're right. He genuinely looked at the World Cup like he didn't feel like he belonged there, which is crazy. And he just he just won the Premier League, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know the kid's got all the ability, but again, it could well come back to this press attention on him. Which yeah. Is, you know he he got he's got everything he's got all of the tools that should make him probably England's biggest threat and we created a system where he was the main threat mm. and unfortunately you know if he if he maybe got a goal early on or perhaps you know something it could have been very different but he looks like a player who when he's back in that Man City shirt he's going to be sort of strutting his stuff yeah sure sure so yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens that but, but focusing yeah. on Delhi um. I hope this season we'll see, the, you know, the cheeky grin a lot more in the, mm. like the Fortnite dancing, whatever. The <laughs> see, this this is why we need some of the younger people on our podcast, because me and you, it's yeah. just completely over our heads, isn't it? Oh, it's... massively. I have no idea what that is. My daughter's nine, and she keeps asking if she can have it, and I keep saying no on general principle, that no, I don't know what it is. No, no, you're not playing that. No, oh, the boys at school are playing. I don't care. That's you're gonna have to relent. You're not having it. You're gonna have to relent at some point, Sam. I'm afraid, mate. Uh, no yeah, I'll have to look up, find out what it actually is. But at the moment, all I know is loads of footballers are playing it, and they copy the dance from it. That's, yes. that's about as far as I go. Either um, that, or the, the other one is the floss. Every, every, like well, my little boy at school, everyone does this from. That's from Fortnite. Oh, is it? Apparently. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. there you go. Again, I don't know. These guys. Anyone <laughs> listening? People are probably listening, thinking, hey, "How old are these guys?" I'm 35, right? <laughs> I'm only 39. What we need to do is, if anyone that is listening, that's on Facebook as well, any youngsters, just come yeah. and educate us, please. Yeah, educate. yeah. Drop us a message. Yeah. You know? A link or something with an idiot's guide to Fortnite, just, just so I can kind of, kind of work out what the hell's going on. And maybe I can let my daughter play. It. Yeah, someone tell me if it's appropriate for a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea, man. I don't just, it just makes me laugh. And the thing, like, I I say this quite a lot. Is you know find some joy in what you're doing. If you're supporting a football club, find the joy, enjoy the good times because. You ain't gonna win every game. You're not gonna win every trophy. No. So when you score a goal, celebrate. Just when enjoy it. Celebrate it. Absolutely. I, I never understand this kind of joyless. Oh, it was only so and so. Oh, you only scored against it. Nah, man, shut up. Yeah. Find the joy. Just enjoy it. I always remembered. Uh, I used to like my, my, my brothers are all Spurs fans. I'm, I always remember one of my brothers out of principle wouldn't celebrate if we scored a goal uh, because he he, he was thinking that we were going to lose the game. So he's like, well, there's no point in me scoring. Uh, <laughs> and you just think, what a, what a joyless attitude to take. You know, even if we do lose, it's uh, a goal. That's, yeah. what, that's what we that's what we. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I went to a game, and it was a few years ago now, and it was during the dark days. The dark days. Pre-Pocacino. Pre-Poc. Pre-Poc, I love it. <laughs> um, we were playing Stoke away. And I think it was like 4-0 at half time. Oh, I can't remember. God. We were getting hammered. Yeah. 
we were awful, you know, we were absolutely awful. So I was in the stands, the away stands with my brother, and these guys started saying to everyone, right, next time we get a corner, we're going to celebrate like it's a goal. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> Pass it on. Next time there's a corner, we're going to celebrate like it's a goal. Pass it on. <laughs> and I mean, we were, you know, we travelled to Stoke, mate. It oh, a fun place to go. No, windy, it, miserable. <laughs> it is a miserable, miserable time. And we're getting hammered, so you got to laugh. You yeah, know? yeah. We're singing, we're effing this. And yeah, we're, yeah, sure. We're, we're not very good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we got a corner and we celebrated it like it was a goal. Now, we were... Having a laugh, you know, yeah. <laughs> we were just like we got to do something to entertain ourselves. Stoke fans applauded it, laughing their heads off. But what I've noticed since then is the effect that had on our players. Okay. Because I've now since seen this video of it, they're all looking at us like, really? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what, what are you doing? Yeah, you're basically mocking. <laughs> no, come on, guys, you you were playing crap. You got to deal with that. Um, but no, it was yeah, away days. As away days goes, that was just a dark, dark day. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Oh, see, I'd repress that. Yeah, let's just like click our fingers. Yeah, yeah, let's pretend those. Yeah, that didn't happen. Back in the night, you you have more stats because there's yes. one stat you haven't said yet, which what? I I think a few people need to ram down other people's throats. Which one's this? It's to do with hurricanes. Oh, what covering the most ground? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Give us, all, give us, give us all, these details. Out of all the players, yeah, he, he covered the most uh, ground and ran the most distance out of all the England players. So it just shows you. And, and I think part of it, uh, I think Jesse, Jesse Lingard was second uh, yeah. after him. But yeah. you, you, I think part of it, because when, when, when I saw this, uh, is, it goes back to what you um, what you said about uh, the, the, having to sort of change the way he plays yeah. uh, for England. Because I, I, you notice he had to come back quite a lot more, didn't he? You know? Yeah, big time, <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. Like England are a good side, but I think at Spurs we've got far more creative players that kind of just give give Kane that kind of ability. England need a Christian Eriksen. Yes, that's what you said it about me because I don't want to upset any England fans. Yeah. No, no. Well, we do. Um, there are a few players now. I had a long conversation with a Gooner about this. Who said genuinely. Jack Wilshire currently is the only England player he could think of who has that ability to pick a pass. Mm. Now, forgetting the fact that I hate the little weasel, forgetting he's at Arsenal and now he's at West Ham, which is brilliant. My gooner mate did have a point. Okay, now this Mm -hmm. is going to be rare I said that. If you look at English midfielders, we are lacking creative. The fact of the matter is, if Jack Wilshire is the best option for that, there is something seriously wrong with our midfield options. But he is correct. The Mm. only other natural playmaker ability to pass the ball player I can think of for England midfield is Harry Winks. Yeah. Now, that kid, unfortunately, last year had a terrible time of injury. Now, I am hoping and praying to every god that I have that this year he has an injury-free season because I still think there is a big future for Harry Winks. I really do. Um, but the kid needs to stay fit, you know, but otherwise he's just going to have a question mark on him all the time, similar to like Jack Wilshire has. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think if England can find that, I think Southgate would change the system slightly. I think he created a system with the players he had to try and get the best for England out of that mm. and he made Kane the captain and you, you watch Southgate after every game he went over to Kane he gave him a massive hug after every game if he scored if he didn't score the reason why Southgate was doing that is because he knows that Kane was running himself into the ground yeah sure yeah exactly and yeah. he 
and you know Kane knows it. Like like at the Euros when Kane was taking corners for Roy Hodgson, Kane's a team player. He's doing it. He didn't turn around to Roy and go, "No, you owl-looking idiot! I'm the striker. I st- I'm in the box. Get someone else to put the ball on my head. I'll score goals." Yeah. He didn't. He said, "Yes, boss. I'll get on with it." Yeah. And he did it to the best of his ability. But that's that's that's, yeah. that's what you know. That leads into what we were talking about earlier, though, as Sam, when it comes to you know talking about arrogance. So I think like you have to have a certain level of that, and I can imagine. Now, if it had been Roy Hodgson manager and saying to Kane, take corners, yeah. he would have said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the box. I'm not, I'm not taking the corners, you know? And I don't think that's that's not him, you know, that, I don't think that's him uh, being wrong, you know, or undermining the manager. It's just that he's, as he's, you know, four, uh, two years down the line, he's he's he knows what he's best at. He knows what he's good at. And he knows, it, like you say, he's put me in a put me in a box so I can score ahead. I mean, the, the, the game against um, Tunisia, I think we discussed it, or discussed this in one of the previous podcasts, that second header he scored, not many players would score that, you know? To, like, it, it was on a sixpence almost, you know? And it, it, he, it, he knows he knows he'd be wasted taking corners now. And genu- genuinely, I think he would, he would say that if it was the same situation now, he wouldn't take it because of a certain level of arrogance, I think. Yeah, yeah, and also Trippier is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any more stats? I, I, do have, I do have a couple, just one that okay. might cheer us up a little bit after you know, disappointing what happened. Uh, again, it's one that most people know, but it's just nice to remind people of it. Eric Dyer, first England player to score a winning penalty in a World Cup shootout. Fantastic. And the, and the big one, uh, Hugo Lloris, first ever Spurs player to captain his country to World Cup glory. A fantastic, fantastic achievement. Yeah. I was very, very happy for him. I did have to just hide my head in shame when he had a moment. Um, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. I yeah, no idea what he was doing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, for in the World Cup, bringing it back. Um, well, I mean, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I've seen, I've seen a couple of, um, I've read a couple of articles that he's done a couple of interviews, and he's saying that he thinks that what, what he, what's his achievement and what he's done, what he's learned. Will really benefit Spurs next season. He said he can. He thinks he can bring something different into the dressing room that you know could really pressure us on to hopefully fingers crossed winning them some kind of uh, trophy. Uh, a, a winner's medal is what he's bringing in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if he can just borrow the World Cup just for a couple of days and then we can just all kind of just look at it. And... Do, do you know what? I don't think that'd be a good idea. Don't you I, think? I, I, no, no. If I'm well, I mean, I used to play rugby to a certain level and. There is nothing worse than not winning the trophy and then some git playing it past you. <laughs> so yeah, as, as a as a professional athlete, I'd imagine that's going to be pretty raw. I am really looking forward to because there's been a lot of stuff said about this. Uh, Jan Vertonghen being interviewed when he's back. Okay. Eric Dyer described losing to Belgium in the World Cup as a nightmare scenario because Jan will never shut up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Now, Jan Vertonghen was brilliant. He he went over to all the Tottenham players after the game, so this is the second game, hugged them all. Yeah, He yeah. tweeted a picture of him hugging them all, saying, really nice to see the lads. Yeah, in the World sure. Cup. Yeah. So there was not even a hint in anything he said in public. <laughs> and then I'm watching one of these Insta videos of because he's going on holiday and he's got a WhatsApp message, whatever, from Jan, and he just put did the double. <laughs> yeah, and you can just see Dyer's like, yeah, let this go. Just three words, that's all he needs to say. Did the double. Yeah, and, and that's it. And you just know he's just going to walk in the training with a big smile on his face. They're all going to be looking at him like, shut up. He's like, what? What? 
Yeah. And then you just uh, yeah. see Hugo interrupt him going, I actually yeah, won, and won then, it. And Hugo just slams his medal down on the <laughs> yeah. table and goes, right, everybody, let's get on with it. This is this conversation. Yeah, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you were with the, with the, um, uh, the Belgian team, because obviously there was a lot said about the amount of Spurs players at the World Cup. Yeah. But I don't know about you, but as far as oh, like as far as my mentality and my mind was thinking was we was we only had one Spurs player in that Belgian team and I, I know there's all the Olivero there and Dembele yeah. but I feel like it's so nailed on that they're going to go that I, I, genu- I don't even see sort of I, don't know, I, I, I love both of them I like Dembele I, I love him so like honestly last season in a sense if I could have just reached over and give him a kiss I just you were the, the best you done so much for our club I um, I wouldn't recommend it he's quite a hard bloke I know but, but I, don't but I genuinely don't, like, I, I, I don't know I've got out of the stand and laying a kiss on him is going to go down but I've got, I've got my, wife, my wife my kids and then Dembele comes under Dem- that but, oh, right. but because, because he's leaving it's almost like you're dead to me now that's how I feel well, you know? I, I kind of think that as Spurs fans we've had to develop this kind of thick skin of being able to move on otherwise we'd all be rocking backward and forward <laughs> with serious abandonment issues <laughs> But um, well, it kind of leads. If you're done, man, it kind of leads me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is all of the rumours around uh, who is leaving. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, Toby Alderweireld. Everybody knows that situation, but just to reiterate it, uh, Toby came to the club, um, and then when he signed, we kind of, we kind of did the dirty on Southampton. Let's not gloss over it here. Uh, Toby had a loan at Southampton. They had an option to buy him from Atletico Madrid. Hmm. We went to Atletico Madrid and said, if you cancel that option, which is going to cost you two million, we will pay you the two million plus the fee Southampton we're going to give you plus another million. Hmm. Now, Southampton were furious, but nothing they could do about it. No, exactly. Atletico cancelled the agreement, paid the penalty on cancelling the agreement and then sold him to us. Hmm. We got, don't get me wrong, we still got a top class defender at a great price. Uh, everyone kind of goes, ha, oh, Daniel Levy, what a guy. But in trying to get that deal done, Toby's agent inserted a clause into the contract. Uh, it was a release clause, something that Daniel Levy typically never allows in contracts. You know, this is something he just doesn't entertain. Yeah. He, he would actually rather pay people more money than have clauses like that because it's like. In his words, once in an interview, clauses like that are like a sword of Damocles hanging over your head all the time. Mm-hmm. And it puts pressure where there need not be pressure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, to get this deal over the line, because Southampton were talking about going to the sport arbitration and all sorts, they agreed to it. The thinking was he'd come in, he'd do well, we'd offer him a new deal, that new deal would then eliminate the clause. It hasn't materialised that way, simply because the club and the player could never agree on a new deal. The negotiations in, I believe, January of this year had reached the point where all sides were happy. Toby was about to become the highest paid player at Tottenham. Under the wage structure as was, Toby was about to jump from about 50000 a week up to about 125000 a week on a four-year deal with the club. That's a massive, massive jump. Yeah. Forget who anyone is. That's a massive, massive jump. All parties agreed it. So we're talking about the agent, Toby's manager, who's his father. You're talking about Daniel Levy and everyone. We're in the room. I am told 
to the point that Toby was doing the pictures for the new contract signing nonsense, you know? Yeah, sure, they, yeah. They, well, I don't know if he was actually taking them, but they were off talking about it. The, the rumours leaked everywhere because someone leaked it. Um, all over Twitter and everyone was talking about it. Like, oh, it's done. Finally, it's done. Hooray. Um, and then all of a sudden it went silent. Mm. Apparently, at that exact moment where everyone was thinking it was done, Toby's father, his manager, came back in, dragged everybody, his agent, Toby, out of there because Liverpool had announced the signing of uh, Van Dijk. That's right, yeah. They'd signed him for £75 million and the agent, or whoever, confirmed that he was going to be being paid one hundred and thirty-five grand a week or, or more. I think it might even be more. So they came back in and said, well, if he's getting paid that, Toby is a better defender uh, with a better record in the Premier League. You need to up your offer again. Daniel Levy said, no, we had a deal. Uh, the deal, you know, we all just shook on it. We were all, you know, a couple of days ago, we were all happy. There's no way we're offering more money. He's about to be the best paid player at the club. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, went backwards and forwards for a few days, and then bang, talks completely broke down. They broke down to the point Daniel Levy has banned Toby Alderweireld's father from the club. Really? I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. They, so, Toby's father, who is his manager, is banned from the club. From no life. way. He's not allowed anywhere near the club. That's insane. So, when people talk about... Oh, come on, you could still do a deal, pay him what he wants. It has gone beyond that now. It's yeah. gone beyond the kind of negotiating tactics. It's gone beyond that. What has happened is the club have said, this is we've made you the best offer. In fact, currently, the only player still earning more than that's Harry Kane. Really? So yeah. even if Toby signed that deal, then, you know, he would have had he'd still be the second best paid player at the club at the moment it, which is crazy when you think about the fact that he's 28-29 now he's had two serious hamstring injuries in the last two seasons yeah of course with, yeah. with one being serious and then the latest one even worse now he can PR that all he wants with oh I was fit and ready to go at the end of the season but I wasn't getting picked well, you weren't getting picked because Sanchez was in the team and doing well. Mm. You don't just get fit again and walk back in the team unless you're Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you know, that it's just not the way it works. And he can PR that all he wants, but it was two very serious injuries. Mm. Now, if you factor into the fact that it was going to be a four-year deal, all these different factors on that money, the club now have gone, well, look, the, 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 it's off the table. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's yeah. gone. It's so he's in this position where he's got one year left on his current deal, but we have the option to extend that for two years. And if we do that, it activates a release clause next summer, which is twenty five million. Then they'll be another year older. So I mean, yeah. All of a sudden, you start. You have to kind of start weighing up who holds the cards here. Yeah. Now Manchester United want to buy him. The player would happily go to Man United, but h- hilariously. Man United won't pay him the wages he wants. They've told him, no, that's that's too much. And I've basically offered him what Spurs did. No way. Yeah, now it goes on from here. Now, Man United are basically saying the reason why they won't pay more is because of our demands for a transfer fee. So Man United would be willing to pay $50 million for him right. and would, would match his wage demands if they could pay that. But we as a club are saying, no, we want closer to 75 Yeah, you yeah. Know? 
Van Dyke went for 75, Toby's a better player. Yeah, definitely. Toby's agent is trying to argue, no, lower your price. And they're saying, well, no, you told us that he's as good a player as Van Dyke. Yeah. So we're going to demand the same fee. (laughs) And you are stuck in this awful situation now where the, the player is kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he stays, then he is going to be used by Pochettino. Well, Poch is going to talk to him and say, look, if you're staying, then you need to be committed. Mm-hmm. Um, if he shows even a hint that he's not committed, he ain't going to play. No, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. He's going to be a sub at best. Mm-hmm. And Poch don't care who he is. He'd do that. Yeah. Um, and Toby knows that. I still personally think he's going to be a Man United player by the end of the window because I think Jose will stamp his feet and hold his breath and Man United to pay the money. Yeah, I think he'll go. I think he'll go, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, when it comes to Dembele, um, there was massive rumours that he was going to go to China um, and Italy were the two main places where he was looking at. Well, the rumours are now the Chinese window's closed, so that's done. He's not going to China. The rumours are he doesn't isn't looking at the wages from Italy. Italy won't be paying him any more than Tottenham are. So he's not looking to go to Italy now, um, unless a club there ups their game. Now, Juventus were probably the only side who could do that, mm-hmm. but they've just spent some serious money on Ronaldo mm-hmm. and are paying him serious money. Yeah. Um, so it now no longer looks that way. So the latest rumour on Dembele, which is going to cause the club a headache, is he's planning to see out the final year of his contract then go to China for free. Now, from a Spurs point of view... Daniel Levy hates that. He would always much rather sell a player. You know, here's an extension. So what happens there is going to be very interesting. The World Cup's just happened. Dembele's agents and everyone's going to be back in touch with Spurs now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sign an extension. And then when when the Chinese window opens, he moves to a club in China. Yeah, I mean, the the, the problem I've got with with Dembele is... Like, like, I, like I said, like he's been absolutely phenomenal for Spurs, and I've absolutely loved him. He's just he's been what we've needed almost since I can remember supporting Spurs. That kind of holding midfielder that just gives gives the rest of the players a breathing like some breathing space, and you know can can hold the ball, can find a pass. But I kind of feel like I know we've we've had conversations about it, and, and you've alluded to it, but he's kind of his fitness is starting to sort of deteriorate, I think, or his, yes, his, his physica- physicality, his strength is deteriorating. So we, like, we haven't, like, if we, if we kept Dembele for next season, we haven't got anywhere near the Dembele we had two no. years ago, have we, you know? No. So I kind of, like, part of me is kind of, like, we just like him to go, like, let's just like, go on a high, you know, you've just done so much for, for Spurs and we love him to be but... Saying that, you know, if, if we do, like, if, if what you say happens, I can't, I can't see him being a, with, with, with the way he's, he's, he's sort of, um, the way he's deteriorated now, you can see, I can't see him being a first 11 starter anymore, you know, but then could he be a player that we could, like, you know, if, if, we, if, we, if we're playing a game, um, for example, we, we're 1-0 up with 20 minutes to go and we just need to, like, tighten the game up a bit, he'd 
probably be a great substitute to come on and maybe that's the role he can play for next season if he does stay. Yeah, and, and help and help develop and bring players through, which yeah. um, you know, he seems I mean, don't get me wrong, he seems to very much like the club and I don't think he you know, if Daniel Levy sat down with him and said, Look, you know, I really don't want you to run your contract out I'm sure there's probably something that they can do yeah. or an arrangement they can come to. Mm. From the player's point of view though, he's looking for his final payday. He yeah. is ending his career. Yeah, of course. In China he will earn bloody good money and yeah. if he goes there on a free he'll earn even more money mm-hmm. so yeah it's going to be a bit of a trade-off with that but that's the latest with regards to him the, the one that was kind of nailed on 100% going to leave this summer was Danny Rose mm-hmm. um, and it's all gone very silent on that um, the lad has given a lot of interviews whilst with England about depression and the problems he's faced mm-hmm. The last thing I heard with regards to Danny Rose was that the club were willing to sit down with him, which three or four months ago wasn't the case. The club weren't going to go and, you know, you're off and we're done with you. Um, I don't know whether perhaps him coming out with that softened a few people to, oh, wow, you know, maybe we will have a chat rather than yeah. <laughs> being angry at you. I don't know. But I, I don't, that, I don't, that's the latest. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he, I don't think he's played the sympathy card. I, I think, it, it, like, you know, we've had loads of conversations about Danny Rose, haven't we? And what he yeah. did was wrong, right? He, and he knows what he did was wrong. He's admitted it afterwards, hasn't he? But I, I, I just feel... never apologised, by the way. Did... <laughs> Not, not that I'm angry and bitter about it, but he's not once apologised. And he has actually put more stuff on it over the World Cup by saying things like um, things go on behind the scenes in a football club and becoming a, a footballer at this level is not all fun and games and stuff. Well, mm. as he, since 17 he's been signed with Tottenham, he's yeah. talking about us. Yeah. Um, someone said the other day, whenever his book comes out, he's going to make some money, but perhaps that's just me being silly. <laughs> It's it's a really difficult and, and like you know we we've just been talking about um, Levy and how you know what Levy's like he just, yeah. he just doesn't he doesn't suffer fools gladly does he you know you, no. you look you look at the the, the, the thing that happened with Harry um, Ridner you know that I'm, yeah. you know the the, the five details are I'm not I'm not hundred percent sort of on top of but from what from what I understand uh, while he was being touted the, the England job. Levy said, gave him, offered him a long contract, yep. like four year contract, sign his contract, stay, stay with us, and he's, he'd rather, he'd rather hedge his bets. And um, he said, I'll, I'll sign a one year one or something. And then when he didn't get the England job, he's like, I'll have that four year contract. And that one, Levy was like, Do you think I'm some kind of mark? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and he's, he, that is Levy, isn't it? And, and sometimes, most of the times, I think it really benefits us because we've just got some fantastic, amazing players, cheap, and we've sold some awful players for a lot of money. So it's, it's done us a lot of favours. But on, on the other hand, it, you know, it, it, this, it, I think the Danny Rose situation is possibly uh, one of the negatives of it, you know? And, yeah, well, the, the, the Danny Rose thing, I, <laughs> I can see it going either way still. Um, if a club comes in for him and he wants to go, I think the club aren't going to stand in his way. I, I don't think. And I think if we'd been able to sign Sessignon, I think he'd have been out the door with a bow on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, the club are going to sit down with him. That's that's the latest on it. So, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what comes of that because, you know, Danny doesn't think he gets paid enough, remember? So. Yeah, and he has to... I, I know we haven't signed anyone yet, so he's obviously not been on Google much, has he, this summer? No, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so hopefully he's having a nice holiday now. Um, yeah. 
so the other one this rumored to be leaving which might surprise a few people is marcus edwards um the young lad that uh pochettino once described as a mini messi um just simply hasn't been able to get along it's become um, a mini mess isn't it <laughs> Very good. Ah, you wrote that down. We've had that plan for weeks. Um, he, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, we talked about him before. He, I believe, from what I've been told, wants to leave because he wants to play first-team football now and he feels that he needs a change. I personally, because I know that Ajax want him, <clears throat> desperately want him, I hope that maybe there's a deal to be done where he goes to Ajax for a year on loan. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, just just to give him the chance to prove that he can play first-team football, I think it'll probably end up being a permanent deal, though. I think he's going to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a shame, unless something changes. But, I mean, he isn't even training with the first team. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of youth team players are. Yeah, yeah. I think that says everything. Mm-hmm. Um the other ones, Janssen, Nkudu, Sissoko, oh, and Lorente. Lorente has ruled out leaving. He says, I'm not going anywhere. I've still got another year on my contract. Um, Sissoko doesn't appear to be leaving. Um, Janssen is 100% out the door. Um, he won't even be pictured at training. <laughs> no way. No, no, no. He won't. He won't even be involved in that. He's like, no, I don't want anything. I want to go. That's His, uh, Twitter and social media profile still says he plays for Fenerbahce. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, he's, Why does he hate us so much? I don't think it's. I don't think it's that he hates us. I think is he's trying to make the point clear that look, you don't want me here. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, Unkudu, his agent said this week he's keen to impress Pochettino in the summer. Um, <sighs> well, he hasn't impressed us so much, has he? Yeah, unless something changes. I mean, to me, I, you know, up there with the Paulinho bursting through and shooting at the corner flag, <laughs> Unkudu taking the ball from our box and literally running it out of play is my overriding memory of him at the moment. Um, <laughs> Do you know, last season he scored a goal, oh, and I he? said, "Yeah, he scored right." And I and I was like, "Yeah, there he is! Look, he's got his goal." And Dan, one of our fellow admins, replied to me, "If he scores another goal this season, I will eat my hat." So I kept it. I screenshotted it, thinking, "Right, that's gonna happen." Ha ha. Yeah, you got some salt and pepper. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't <laughs> score another goal. He even went on loan to Burnley, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, he's gonna be playing every week. Here oh. comes that second goal." Oh god. Nope. Not yeah. a diddly squat. Didn't even hit a shot, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Now, one of the main things um, that Daniel Levy's working on is obviously the stadium. But besides that, he's been working on contracts. Now, we know that Harry Kane's done. We know that Sanchez is done. Uh, Foyf had his automatic uplift because he's done so well. Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Walker-Peters both had new deals. Um, the rumour is that Delhi and Eriksson both have new deals. It's just not been announced yet. Uh, Trippier, Davis, Vertonghen, Lamella, Son and Dyer are all in talks. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, so protecting our assets, if you like, protecting mm. our ass, is, is currently well underway. The, the thing that everyone cares about, though, is who are we signing? And I've written in my notes here a massive question mark because I ain't got a clue anymore. <laughs> um, now, that, that can mean one of two things. That can mean, one, 
we're not signing, you know, we're not even looking. We're we're kind of not doing anything. Or two, the club are doing a bloody good job of keeping it under wraps. I know for a fact, and I think if anyone thinks about it logically, though, the club try their best to keep their business under wraps. Yeah. And the reason why they do that is because they know there are other clubs, certainly a team that wears blue in London, who like to follow us and just grab them yeah. by offering them more money and stuff. You mentioned in the last podcast, didn't you? They, yeah, they yeah, admitted well, it, didn't they? Really? Well, it, well, it's an actual quote from Roman Abramovich that mm. another London team had a scouting network and I didn't want to pay for one, so we waited for them to identify a player and then we grabbed them. Yeah. And if you remember Tottenham's recruitment, uh, the guy Frank Arneson, so that's Chelsea right. grabbed him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, mm. it's, uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, from from that point of view, and I mean, it, this this kind of brings me on to uh, the fan questions aspect of this. So, people from our Facebook page, Instagram, etc., have asked questions for the podcast, which we're going to discuss, and that section's coming up now. So, um, mate, you picked out a couple, didn't you, or you picked out one that you wanted to really kind of dwell on? Yeah, I looked at I looked at a couple of them. They they uh, we're actually getting quite a lot of. Um, Comments now, aren't we? Which is really good. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah so one of them I saw from somebody who's called Sue Whitbread. She's put a shame others don't give some English youngsters a chance in the Premier League, and it made me think because I know we we're quite well known for, oh, especially under Pochettino, for sort of bringing young players, um, you know, up into the first team, giving them chances. Yeah. But there, I think there there has been. I don't want to sort of upset Sue or, or you know. Completely disagree with oh, but yeah, <laughs> don't leave soon. But yeah, there are there are some uh, there are some other uh, other players that I have like you know uh, noticed that have played for other teams, and you know like ones uh, you know you look at Liverpool for example, and if you know they've pulled uh, through Trent Alexander Arnold, haven't they? You look at Bournemouth, Lewis Cook, Le- Leicester. I think Leicester. Uh, you look at Demiro. De Demiro. De I'm pronouncing Demiri. Demiri. Are you sorry? Less, yeah, the Lester. Demiri Gray. Demiri. How do you pronounce it? Demari Gray. Demari, that's the one, yeah. And Ben Chilwell as well. So there are teams that are doing it, you know, and I think my thoughts are that it was a big thing a few years ago. You know, it was a big thing that no England players were getting, young England players were getting chances. And I've noticed it. I mean, I've got to be completely honest. I don't really know too much about other football clubs when I was a kid I could tell you that the, the, the first 11 of every team in the, in the top league now you know I can give you a few players but for me it's just I focus just on Spurs and who Spurs are playing yeah. at the time but you know I'll, I'll watch games and I'll see young players that I don't recognise and they are young English players you know so yeah I mean I, I don't know if I agree Sue I think that there are there are young England players that are being bloodied as you like you know in, in other teams yeah, well, I mean, Lingard is an example. Yeah, there you go, Lingard. Rashford. Yeah. Rashford, yeah. Um, and they're coming through at the very, you know, one of the very top clubs. So, yeah, there, there are examples. I think where the difference is, is years ago, you'd maybe see two two names a season from a club. Mm-hmm. Now it's rare. So these names kind of stick out. I mean, I... Rashford and Lingard have been the kind of players coming through at Man United for the last two to three years. Mm. Um, we've not seen another one. I, I think that's a, an indictment of how special you have to be to get that 
to get into a team now mm. because of the unbelievable pressure to win. I mean, look at Tottenham, for example. I mean, under Pochettino, he, he turned to the youth players because the players he had in the squad were doing crap. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that now because the squad he's built generally are performing at a level he wants. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're... they're... Yeah, there are there are players. I mean, we know some of the England, like you know, the sort of the Spurs players that uh, we, we know. We talk about if some uh, someone signed a contract recently. One of the uh, Spurs uh, youth players, I can't think of his name at the top of my head, but I saw a couple of youth games last season, and we have got some really good players there. But you, you're right, Rio Griffiths. That's the one, Rio Griffiths. I think. But because, like, yeah, like you say, that, that, that probably when Pochettino first came to Spurs. The pressure wasn't on like it is now because he hadn't won anything, had he previously? So no. it's not like we've got a, a title-winning manager coming in, win us the title. But now he's been here for was it four years now, isn't it? it it's kind of you know now you, the pressure's on, mate, well, and he hasn't got that freedom like he had before. Well, we've established ourselves in the Champions League. Um, what that means is we are now looking to pay Champions League wages. We are now trying. We know we've got a stadium that is Champions League, mm. which means the manager needs to deliver Champions League football, and that is a pressure. To you know, forget trophies for a moment. That is a pressure by itself. Mm. Now the top four in England is bloody difficult. You know that is a really difficult thing to achieve, because there are six teams every year who could finish. Yeah, of course. Four. Yeah, and then there are you know twenty odd. You know the whole league on their day can beat anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, England top flight is a really difficult league, and it's not like Spain where Barcelona and Real Madrid are going to be in the Champions League every year with another couple. It's not like Italy where mm-hmm. Juventus are going to do it every year. It certainly ain't Scotland, you know. Mm-hmm. So it is bloody difficult, and he he does well. Um, but that is pressure now, and you see the fans when we post about something on the page. I mean, I posted. Uh, we're doing a countdown at the moment till the new season starts. Josh Onama came up for twenty five. All the comments not good enough. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. Sell him. Get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Now. Well, you know what the hell? You're fans of the football club, and this is a kid who's come through our academy. He's a fan. He's a Tottenham fan. Yeah. He's come through the academy. He is rated by the world football FIFA as one of the best young midfielders in world football. Mm-hmm. He won was it the under twenties World Cup a summer ago, and was a star in that team. And yet he's never played more than sort of fifteen minutes here. You know he's played a bit part a game here, a game there for us. And people have written him off. Mm-hmm. Now, Harry Kane went on all those loans, and I remember when he started getting picked for the team. And I, I mentioned this on the page, and there was a person who commented that then I won't name them, and he said he's overweight, he's rubbish, you'll he, never, you know, he might get a couple of lucky goals, but he is never going to take us to the top four. He's not going to win us anything. You know, we need to sign a top striker. Blah 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 blah. blah. That same person to this day still comments on our page, right. and I see on a regular basis talking about how great Harry Kane was and how he supported him from the start. <laughs> I I I laugh to myself because that's just people. That's mm. the way it goes. But when I see people writing kids off straight away, and, and someone said to on the page the other day, well, you know, I can only judge on what I've seen. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. 
but don't write them off. You just say I don't think they've hit the level yet. I, I think you know? I think part part of the problem is it, it's. Um, I mean, I'm I'm only I'm only 39, so I'm not trying to say it's like I'm a real old codger. But I think nowadays, and especially nowadays, and it sort of football kind of links in with it. It's this just this kind of. Um, it, yeah, like you look at technology, for example. Like you know, my my uh, in-laws have got had a television that they had since the early nineties, and it had caught fire twice, and they were still using this television. Like, and finally managed to persuade them to to uh, part with it and buy a sort of a curved flat screen television. Yeah. But now nowadays, it's just it needs to be instant. Everything's instant. Like you know, you want it, 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 like social media. Everything, everything's instant gratification, and there's unless a player. Puts on the Spurs shirt the first time as an eighteen-year-old and plays like uh, Glenn Hoddle, then he's useless, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah. players need to develop, and the the, the the example you give with Kane is a perfect example of it. Like, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod, podcast before, but I went to see. Um, I think it was not quite possibly might have been Harry Kane's uh, European debut. It was in the Europa League. Shamrock. Yeah, I think so. He's, he missed yeah. it. Was it the one where he missed the penalties? It was one where yeah, different. Shamrock yeah. Rovers. Yeah, so he, he did score though. It, it, might, it, might, be, it might be a different one, but I definitely yeah. remember at some point he missed a penalty, and at one point he fell over the ball as well. He was trying to control the ball, and he fell over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And he was just you like like honestly at the time it was like he's useless. He's absolutely useless. Like, yeah. I think like send him out on loan, and he might end up making it fantastic for Ipswich or something. But he's useless, yeah. like you know. And 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 I did fall into that trap. But then, you know, yeah, you, you have to realise that young players need time to develop, don't they? They're not going to instantly yeah. be world-class. Give them time. And, you know, Josh, on he might end up big playing championship football all his career, but he might not. He might no, come no. back to like, with Spurs, get to develop and become a very good player. And it's the not going to happen overnight, well, is it? The thing as well is people write off, you know, oh, I watched him play for Villa a few times last year. He was rubbish. Anyone who watched Harry Kane on loan, at any point would never have gone he's going to be one of the best strikers in the world yeah yeah. nobody uh, my, a friend of mine's a Millwall fan season ticket they loved him in mm, Millwall, generally mm. and the reason why he loved him is because he said he just got on with it just played you know he took on everything he tried his best and that's all you can ever ask you know they they were just bloody appreciative yeah you know? sure yeah, yeah. Which, which is something I think a lot of Premier League fans can learn from this mm. entitlement of this kind of oh we're Premier League you know we should win stuff like that maybe go and watch a local club again maybe go and watch a few and where the guys there are celebrating you know scoring a goal in an 8-1 drumming you know yeah, <laughs> get, yeah. get go back to your kind of roots of football because just to remind yourself that we are doing really well at the moment mm. you know, we are punching well above our weight in every aspect we are trying to develop as a club without some guitari benefactor behind us exactly you know, exactly. You got. You got to have patience, and you got to have patience with the players. You got to have patience with these young kids. And Carl Walker Peters played twice last season, got man of the match in both games. Mm-hmm. The first game of the season, the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. That kid, for me, is nailed on to become one of the best right backs this country's ever seen. Yeah. He is great, mm-hmm. and he is playing at the moment with Serge Aurier and uh, Kieran Trippier around him, mm-hmm. and learning and developing. He was learning from Carl Walker before. He's quick, he's aggressive going forward, he's great in defence. He can also cover left-back, which is why Pochettino likes to keep him around. You get an injury and he's there to cover. No mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But, uh, he, he's just going to develop and people have got to be patient because every game he plays isn't going to be man of the match. Mm-hmm. 
but you've got to give him a chance to play. And with Josh, I'd love to see him come in for Dembele. I'd love to see him come into that role. He is a box-to-box player. And when he was playing in that role for Villa, he looked great. And a lot of people who watched him at the end of last season are going, oh, he couldn't even make their team. The reason he couldn't make their team is because they wanted to buy him. That's how highly they thought of him, and we said no. Mm -hmm. So they signed somebody else and demoted him. Mm Because obviously they wanted to give game time to the player they signed. Yeah, which but makes sense. by the end, but by the playoffs, he was being brought on as an impact sub and was making an impact. So yeah, it's it's madness. You've got to let these kids play um, and not just write them off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, did you have any other comments? Uh, I saw one. Uh, there was one, but a lot, a lot. We get a lot of comments at the, at the moment asking about signings, and I think we've just covered that to yeah, death, haven't we? Have, yeah. Uh, we've, like, we've, we've got one uh, by, by Mark Evans saying, do you remember Poch saying we're going to get our transfer business done earlier this time around? Has anyone told Daniel that the window shuts soon? I don't I don't think Poch said that we're going to get our transfer business done earlier. No, I think he said he wanted, he wanted yeah. to get business, uh, transfer it's, business. It's two separate quotes from mm-hmm. two different press conferences that people mm-hmm. have put together in their memories. Mm-hmm. One press conference he was talked about you know, would it be better to get your business done early? And he said, yeah, of course it would. If we get it done early, then I've got them for the preseason. They can go on tour together. They can acclimatise by signing players late. Mm -hmm. Then that could affect our start of the season. That could be the reason why we're having slow starts. So he kind of made it clear there that he felt getting the business done early would benefit the club. Mm -hmm. So that was Pock saying that. So he has said that. Then the other quote, which people are mashing it with, was after the Newcastle game where he said he was going to be looking for assurances that things were going to be changing. You know, things were going to be done different. They were going to be... The club were now going to have to match his ambition. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, people have rammed them two together and have assumed that Pochettino demanded transfers. I want Gareth Bale and I want him here in July. And people were like, yeah, expecting all the business to be done early. In reality, I think Pock was demanding that the wage structure be lifted and the club start to think bigger beyond, you know, oh, we're punching above our weight. The club now needs to start thinking, right, we are a Champions League team. Let's now behave like one, pay the players like one. And that has happened. Pock has signed a new deal. That means he obviously agrees with whatever him and Daniel Levy discussed. He wouldn't have signed that deal if he didn't. Yeah, of course, exactly. Harry Kane has signed that new deal. Others are going to follow. We are going to see a raft of new contracts with the players we've got to secure them. Mm. We have got a very, very good first 11. And to sign players to come into that first 11 is not easy. Do you you know you've hit the nail on the head, though, Sam, as well? People get so... And and again, I think it even alludes to this kind of instant gratification. People get so fixated with signings. And I I, I don't give me I appreciate that you get a a good sign, a couple of good signings, it can bring you up to the next level can bring the excitement in but we've we've got a very good squad we've got a very good squad of players at the moment and if we're going to bring a player in there's no point just bringing in like like for example look at West Ham like they've they've signed some decent players haven't they they have signed some decent players but there's a lot of players they've signed they've all got to integrate that's going to take them a few games to integrate We've got a good squad already. Like you know, let, let bring it. Like if we can, if a, if a couple of really good world class players become available, sign them. But otherwise, don't worry about it. We're fine. We're fine. Also, also, people are screaming about we've not got our business done. If on deadline day we sign a player of um, you know Van der Vaart quality, mm-hmm. 
like we did on deadline day before, all of a sudden this window looks incredible. Yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. The exactly. atmosphere is lifted. So all I'm going to say to my fellow Spurs fans is, yeah, I'm with you. I, I do think we need to add to the squad. I think we are lacking that match winner, that uh, Bale type. Zaha is the player I'm looking at. Mm, I love like someone, someone who during a game can just spin bang what a goal you know or uh, somebody beats a player stuff like that just just to add that to the squad i think is needed um i think probably if dembele's leaving we need to add a central midfielder as well someone of quality but it's going to greatly come down to how pop wants to play this season we don't know how we're going to play exactly we, yeah. you know the last three years we've started with different formations so he might well be planning a different system this year. Mm. We don't know as yeah. fans until the season starts. Yeah. We do know in the first pre-season game, we won 6-0, Lamella got a hat-trick. Yeah, so clearly Lamella's going to be you know, scoring 30 this season, <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, there were lots of other comments from people over the last couple of weeks. A big thank you to all of you, but uh, I'm not going to name any more. You Basically, all of you were repeating themselves. So uh, thank you for the questions. I hope we've talked enough about the transfers and things like that um there was something else news wise you wanted to cover yeah just a, just a couple of things just one thing very briefly it's absolutely grinding my gears every time every year we bring out spurs our new spurs kit and because we've got the AI, aia logo that's red people get really upset about it that's the color of the logo they've either got it red or white so they're not going to change the color of their logo so obviously and, if it's in white you wouldn't be able to see it on the home shirt so just and, and, and how many people realize that the initial color that tottenham wore was red yeah just honestly i just it's a sponsorship it's not we've not in, we've not interwoven a single thread of cotton into our shirt apart from the sponsorship whose logo is red so just chill out <laughs> yeah, just, every year every year it's almost it's worth having AIA for the rest oh of our lives. Oh my god, just yeah, just, just to see about <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I'm with you, that is crazy. Oh, right. And the second thing I was going to say, is just something I saw on the um, I saw on the, on the news article, uh, obviously yeah. with, with the uh, stadium almost completion, it looks absolutely amazing, I just the buzz I'm feeling every time I think of going to that stadium. But they put a picture of the, um, the new press conference, which... Uh, Oh, uh, the press yeah. conference room, sorry, that look, looks a lot bigger than the old one. Did, did you ever get a chance to go to the, uh, the old one, like, do a tour uh, of the old stadium? The White Arlene tour, yeah, yeah, yeah no, well, it, it was small, it was very Yeah, small, it was very tiny, small. it actually felt kind of really, really enclosed, didn't it, you know? Yeah. And I guess maybe that kind of added to the, the general kind of feel of when you're having a press conference, you know, you're surrounded by people, but this one looks a lot bigger and look, obviously a lot more modern because it's, it's a bigger stadium. But we, yeah. um, when, when they... Um, the year that the, the last our last season of White Hart Lane, I wanted to make sure I did the tour. So I took okay. I took my little boy with me, uh, who's who was four at the time, and uh, you know you, you go around into the stadium, and uh, the, yeah. the tour guide took us into the press conference room, and he told us about. Um, so I do remember a few couple of years back when we well you probably will remember because it was a great result when we beat Man United three 0 and yes. Oh, what a game that was! It was like three goals in like six minutes, wasn't it? Yep. I think Lamella scored. But, but anyway, at, at the um, the press conference afterwards, a reporter, I believe, was a Spurs reporter, asked Louis Van Gaal uh, if he regretted not joining Spurs because I know before he joined Man United, there yeah. was talks about him yeah. joining us, wasn't there? 
Yeah. So apparently, he called the question pathetic. Got really upset about it. Called the question pathetic, and 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 he sort of thought was and he said he was glad he turned down Spurs for a bigger club. To which the reporter said, "Yeah, so are we, mate." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You slay with Man United. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but honestly, I just like it, it, we obviously we had Pochettino at the time, and I listen. I understand that we still still trophyless, but. Even now, I take Pochettino over Van Gaal every single day of the week. You know. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. No, I agree. It was funny enough that when we went on the tour, it was it was in the new year, and that weekend we was playing Chelsea, and that's when we when we beat them two 0 and yeah. uh, Deli Ali scored those two headers. A bit like the goal, the goal we scored the other uh, the other week yeah. in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But in in when we was on the tour, the uh, the tour guys, so we went into the home changing rooms, and they said that um, you know. Treat the, treat, the, treat the changing room with respect, you know, be careful, don't sort of knock anything over anything. And if you want to go into the showers, then take your, uh, or actually they have these little blue cover things, you know, you get them when you go to the gym, cover your shoes and these blue cover things and then go into the, into the, uh, into the, into the shower bit there. They said, if you want to go into the away uh, changing rooms, do what you like. Walk, walk in, <laughs> so you can actually, there's a little outdoor bit there if you want to cover your feet in mud before you walk in. So I, I went in there deliberately with my shoes on and sort of tripping as much as I could. And I'm kind of hoping that somehow some some kind of negativity that I put towards like that away stadium. Feel, feel it was you. <laughs> yeah. you did that. I put the bad vibes in the changing room. <laughs> Brilliant. I think they call that fart box. Moving on. Um, the only other thing I've picked up in the news this week was confirmation of something we've talked about on the podcast, which is about Sonny. Um, Sonny has been named in the South Korea team for the Asia Games. Um, what that means for Tottenham is he will miss August and September, uh, or most of September, we hope, anyway, because hopefully he gets all the way through and wins the gold medal. Uh, winning gold at the Asia Games will guarantee Sonny exemption from military service, but only gold. It has so it has to be going. Oh uh, we will be monitoring that tournament and posting updates on the page for all the games. Um, are we going to are we going to post where we can buy the South Korea shirts from so we can support them for the next couple? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I hold Sonny in really high regard, so I I hope for him. Um, this this goes well, you know. He's he's what he's been named as one of the overage players, so this is kind of his last shot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone needs to keep their fingers crossed and really hope they they perform. So, uh, but other than that, my friend, I think we're done. Fantastic, great stuff. Um, a big thank you everyone for listening. Apologies again, we missed a week, but we should be back on track now. Um, we'll be posting on the page on a regular basis for everyone to give their feedback and discussion. The new kit's been launched today, as as we discuss this. Um, it's interesting, but I don't I don't think I'm the target audience. So I like the away shirt. There we go. It, it does. It does make that. It, it makes because the, the, obviously the lions. It makes it look like their their sh- shirts are really tucked up high. And I was yes. thinking maybe maybe why they're doing that is to kind of relive the sixties. So. You know, we won it in the sixties when I when I was t- wow. tucked in high. So maybe that's their you, kind of thinking. You really do find the positive. <laughs> well done. Um, and on that note, we will call it a day. Uh, thank you to you for talking. Uh, thank you to you for listening. <laughs> I will speak to you again next week. Yeah, take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over fifty thousand other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at. Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs.